Happy New Year. Yeah, wow. First day of a brand new year. How's that feel? You ready? Yeah, super excited. Uh, I figured we'd be a little thin today, you know, everybody out partying and whatnot all night long. I, I made it to bed by about nine, I think. I, they did wake me up with all the nonsense going on, but other than that, uh, I, was, I was ready for, for bed early on. I, I guess that just shows my age, I don't know. So what we want to do together today is begin a series of sermons that uh, I, I, hope, I hope will give you some, some real practical kinds of, of start on the new year. That's really what I want to do. I, I want to go after some things that, that are pretty simple, um, easy to understand. And so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to start a series that, that I've called uh, Making Change. Really, this is kind of my, my sermon on the amount cloaked, but it's really not going to be a whole lot about money, although there is going to be some things about our finances in it. And I'll encourage you to, to, to be here and, and to hear that. Uh, I, you know, I, I want it to, to be something that you can use as we get going in this, this new year. A lot of the things this time of year, we talk about change. We try, try to figure out what needs to change. We look at doing it differently in the coming year. So hopefully I can give you just some practical tools that you can actually get some of that accomplished in the coming year. So this, this series is, is, is that, you know, and, and really I think maybe one of the most life-impacting series of sermons that I may preach all year has, you know, has really the potential of, of massively changing your life and, and being super significant in your life. But I, I think, too, that kind of in line with that, it's, it's one of the easiest to kind of blow off. It's, it's one of the easiest sermon series that you could, you could hear it and say, well, you know, that's really not for me, and just kind of shake it off. It's easy to do that and, and not, not think that you even need this. You know, I, I'm, I'm doing fine. I, I, I'm managing my, my life just fine and, and don't really need those things. So we're going to be really practical. And, and what I want you to do is I want you to fight that temptation to blow this off, and I, and I want you to make a commitment to be here for the next four weeks and to hear these sermons because I think that, that God might just have something to say to you that, in fact, will be so practical that it will change your every day. You live out your life for him. And so here's the four big ideas. You can see them there in those circles. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. And tomorrow matters. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. And tomorrow matters. And we're going to pound on those the next several weeks. Less is more. Stress is bad. Giving is good. And tomorrow really does matter. And we need to be prepared to do something significant tomorrow. Today I want to talk with you about less is more. Mostly because most of us have grown up in a day and time, if you're like me, where, where most of us really have been taught that more is more. You know, bigger is better. More is better, brighter, newer, faster, neater, shinier, got to have it. Or the bigger is better. That more is more. I can remember, in fact, when I began to understand this concept of, of less is more. Because I, I always thought growing up as a kid, especially, you know, if I had one, two was better. Right? If I have one dollar, hey, two's way better. If I, if I have one car, then two's way better. If I have one girlfriend, well, no, let's not go there. Um, I, but, but if I have one, then, then 
two is better. And I can remember when I began to understand this concept of, of less is more against that, that more is better kind of an idea. I was maybe fifth, sixth grade in that area, you know. And, and I remember it because I got to go to the movies and that was one of the first times that our parents just dropped us off and let us go. And so there was a certain amount of freedom to it, a real memorable event. And, and I can still remember that, uh, that when I, I got to the movie, I, I went first to the concession stand. And, and I brought me, bought me some spree candy. Anybody like spree candy? Have you ever had spree candy? I, I like spree candy. And so I, I bought some spree candy. But, but in this mentality that, you know, if you've got one, then two's better. I didn't just buy one, but I bought two. And I went to the movie, and by the time the previews were over, I had one gone, and all the pop I could drink. And, and about midway through the, the movie we were watching, I had the other one gone. And by the end of the movie, these were not known as spree, but known as spew. And talk about the most colorful vomit you've ever seen in human history, right? Technicolor vomit. I'll never forget that because that was the beginning of, of this lesson that, that less is, is actually more in my life. And, it, and, and so in keeping with our theme, I, I, re, I really want to do a, a kind of a less is more theme all day today. Um, last week I was told, you know, Pastor, I really appreciate the fact that you use a lot of Bible. This week I'm going to use one verse in this vein of, of less is more. And so just one verse for you today, but if, but if you internalize one verse, then you remember it the rest of your life, then maybe it can be argued that, that one verse is more, that less is more, if in fact it changes my life from this day forward. And I can't promise that I'm not going to quote other verses for you today, but in your listening guide, in your notes, on our PowerPoint, there's only one verse. We're, we're going to keep it just exactly that simple and and here's the verse that I want you to have as you start this new year. As today is day one of a brand new year, 2017, hear these words. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 6 says this. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and a chasing after the wind. Better one handful with tranquility than two handfuls with toil and worry and panic and fear and fighting all the time. And a chasing after the wind. So today, let's focus on, on less is more. And if we do that, then we have to ask, well, when, when is less actually more? How is less actually more? Why is less actually more? I think less is more because it allows me, and, and here's what I want you to get today, it allows me to experience more of what in fact does matter. See, today I want you to take a minute as we get started, and I want you to think about what does matter in your life. As we get started in a brand new year, day one, what does matter? As we go forward in the, in the next 365 days, what does matter? What's most important 
to you. And I want you to ask yourself that question. I want you to actually, in your listening guide today, fill something out. Will you do that? Will you just, just the top three things that actually matter in your life? Three things that you would say, these things matter more than anything else. These really matter most. Define what matters in your life. And, and if you're having struggles with that, struggles coming up with three things, I know sometimes we do. We, we think, wow, you know what, what three things matter most. And then I would say to you this, imagine, imagine that you have three months to live. Imagine that the doctors have, have told you your life is almost over. And imagine what that might be, having been told that. What would matter then? What would be most important then? Whenever I have conversations with somebody in that predicament, someone who has been told by their, their physician that they have maybe weeks to live, month or two at best. I have to say what's sad, but it's strangely powerful at the same time. Because there's this clarity that happens in, in so many of those individuals, in so many of their lives. It's amazing how focused some of them can get on the things, the few things even, that really matter most in life. Things like, like relationship with God. And other people. Things like time with children, right? Or time with grandchildren. You see that all the time, don't we? We begin to focus on, on those things. Things like family. Things that, that, you know, we might take for granted. Just the beauty around us. It's amazing how focused people get on just a sunset. If it might be the last one I see. And how beautiful a sunset can be. You know what they don't say? Those, those folks have never said to me, you know what's most important to me is, is my bank balance. Nobody's ever said that to me. No one, no one has ever said to me when, when the doctors have given them those kind, that kind of news. No, nobody ever says my leather sofa or, or my new countertops or, or a bigger house or a, an iPhone 7 because I got to upgrade to the iPhone 7 before I die. You know, uh, how many Instagram followers I have or, or whether or not I've made it to the next level of Pokemon Go. Is Pokemon Go still going? Anybody know? Kind of a blip on the screen of 2016. Yeah. Nobody ever says those kinds of things. When you stop and you define what really matters, what you'll realize is that so much of our lives, if you look at 2016 and look at the years, the years past, so much of our lives is spent on the things that don't even make the list of what really matters most. See, it's because we bought into this lie that we spend so much time with things that don't make the list. It's because we buy into the lie of believing that whatever I don't have is what I need. Remember the story of Adam and Eve? Remember the lie that, that the enemy told Adam and Eve in the garden? You remember what that lie was? The lie basically boiled down to, to the lie that we fall prey to in our own lives every single day. What you don't have is what you need. We spend all of our days 
in pursuit of things that wouldn't even make the list of what really matters most. Because after all, more is always better, right? What I want us to do today and this year as we start with this one verse is to realize better is one handful with tranquility than than two handfuls with toil and worry and fear and chasing after the wind. So in in keeping with the theme, I want to keep it real simple. And I want to give you just three actions. Three actions that I think you can take this year, starting today, starting this week, to really begin to, to live this life of tranquility, where, where there's peace. So many people say, Timmy, where's peace anymore, right? I, I think this is the secret to it, where, where we can live three actions to undertake what I want to call less is more living. Really meaningful life. So the first step in this, less is more living, is to cut back. To cut back. As, as we start the new year, that we start by saying, I'm going to cut back. One of, one of my favorite memories in my early marriage being, being uh, in Kansas City was just after seminary, we, we moved to Kansas City and did some, some ministry there in Tammy's home church. And... and um, one of the favorite places we got to live was in this, this lady that, who gave her house to the church. Just a widow lady that, that when she died, she willed the house to the church. And it was this beautiful little house, you know, just two bedroom, one bath, kitchen, dining area, and, and living room. Small, small little house there in Independence, Missouri. It's a very historic area in Independence. And, and this house was built, you know, like maybe 1920s. Right? And, and I just I love the house, the character of the house, you know, the wood floors, the, the smell of an old house, all of those things that you can just, you can just imagine as, as you think about it. And, and, and yet one thing that I remember that, that I didn't like was, was the closet space. I don't know if people in the 20s didn't have much clothing, you know, what the, what the deal was. The, the closets, I mean, literally the door was like that wide. And, and you could hang your, your clothes in the doorway, but, but then, and it went kind of down the wall, you know, one of those closets where you shove everything down that you're never going to use again. You hide it down at the end of the closet. But, but literally, the rod was, was down the, this little narrow closet, and my church wouldn't even fit in it side to side and slide down. You know, it wasn't wide enough to slide my, I don't know if they were little people in the 20s, what, what the deal was there. But you know, I think about that. Evidently, people didn't have much clothing. Men might have, you know, had a suit, might have had a, a pair of boots if they needed a suit. Maybe we went to church and wore a suit. If not, maybe they had some, some work clothes. And I don't know what ladies wore. But whatever ladies wore, it had to go in a closet alongside of whatever the man wore that was only about that big. Now, you fast forward to today. And, and, and some, some folks, some of you, have walk-in closets. You know, walk around in closets and eight laps equals a mile, right? So, some people have double-decker closets, you know, where there's a top row and a bottom row and you push a little button and the top row comes down to where you can actually get to your clothing. You walk around in and you touch all your clothing. And like I've told you before, you can walk in there and touch all your clothing and still you can say, I have nothing to wear. 
I mean, some of us have so much stuff, it doesn't even fit in that big closet of ours. Right? And, and so where is it? Well, it's in the garage. Well, cars are supposed to go in the garage, but how many people do you know, maybe you, you can't even get a car in your garage? Because there's so much stuff in your garage, you can't get a car in your garage because it won't fit in your closet. It has to go in your garage. And because it won't fit in your garage anymore, it has to go in the attic. And because it won't fit in the attic anymore, you have to pay for storage. You're paying somebody to store your stuff. My, my dad used to say to me, son, the, the more I own, the more owns me. And, and I think he was trying to teach me this less is more concept. That's what I think he was trying to teach me. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls and all of the toil that goes along with that. Remember the time that Jesus was, was teaching a large crowd. I think it's like Luke 12. And, and somebody in the crowd piped up and said, Hey, hey Lord. Um, could you tell my brother to share our inheritance fairly? I mean, Jesus is trying to teach him about heaven, right? And this is what the guy asks. And Jesus, you know, said to the man, who appointed me the judge? Who, who appointed me an arbiter between you and your brother? And then he went on and he said, but what I want you to do, I want you to watch out for things like this. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed in your life. And then hear the phrase that he finishes with. He says, life does not consist in an abundance of possessions. Your life does not consist in the abundance of your possessions. Now we know that up here, but it's so hard sometimes to convince ourselves here. That my life does not consist in the abundance of stuff that I can accumulate in, in my overblown closet, in my garage, in my attic, in storage space. Who knows where and what it is even. I can't even remember. See, the, the most meaningful things at the end of your life, you've heard this before, won't be things. See, what, what I'm trying to get you to understand what I'm trying to encourage today as we start this new year is for us to cut back, for us to, to dial down the consumption a little bit, you know, this consumerism that's all around us to cut back on, on accumulation. Because honestly, what I want in my life, and I suspect you're, you're like me, honestly, what I want is, is less stuff and more friendships, more people care about me and I care about them brothers and sisters in Christ what I want is less stuff and, and more time with my family because that time goes away doesn't it less stuff and more experiences like family vacations you know I, I appreciate the, the next generation because they're getting at least they're getting that the experience is huge right now I think we can learn from that that's okay. Cut back intentionally this year. And then second, I would say to you, if you want to live this, this less is more life and living, clear out. Cut back, clear out. If you haven't used it in six, six months, you know, and you don't have a place for it to be, get rid of it, right? Clear it out. Just get, get, rid, of, get rid of some things. Someone, someone said, 
You, you need to clear out like your life depends on it. Because it does. Now, that sounds a little melodramatic to me, a little overblown. If you want to know the truth, when I first read that, um, probably sounds that way to you. But then think about it. If I really want to be the husband, the wife that God intends for me to be, what do I need to get out of the way of that? You know? What do I need to get out of the way of being the mom, the dad that God intends for me to be? What do I need to get out of the way of really being the follower of Jesus that I'm supposed to be? What needs to, what needs to clear out for you to do that? You, you need to clear out, and, and I've discovered this in my own life just recently, you need to clear, because it frees you to be who you were created to be. Instead of all caught up in all the stuff and all the nonsense and two hands full and the toil that goes with it. When I declutter in, in my life, and I decluttered a little bit this week, maybe just as a result of, of that, I'm preaching this sermon to you. You walk in my office now and, you know, my desk has been a mess for a while. Because you know how it is. The year goes on and, and you put this on your desk. You put that on your desk. I'm going to read that sometime. I, maybe I'll need that at some point. I need to make sure I, I have that available. And I just had piles and papers and all kinds of stuff everywhere. And you couldn't see my desk. And, and, and half the time couldn't find my Bible on my desk, right? Now about the only thing on my desk is my Bible. And I got to tell you, when I walk into my office, it feels good. It just feels free. There's something freeing about that. That now, now it's, it's, a, it's an okay space to be in. And I don't, I, don't, I don't feel cluttered in my soul anymore. See, when you declutter, there's something, there's something it, it's like it frees your soul in, in some way. Because don't, don't you know, and, and I know this, or maybe, maybe you haven't discovered this, but I've discovered that, that stuff can be a real drag on my soul. It's, it's that chasing after the wind. So maybe you think, well, I don't know if I need to clear out. I don't know if that's me or not. So think about it. You go home today. You sit down at your TV. You turn on your TV and your cable. You have 500 channels, nothing to, look, nothing to watch. Right? Can't find a darn thing to watch. 500 channels, nothing to watch. You, you flip over to Netflix. There's like 10,000 movies. You can't find a movie to watch. You go in that closet of yours. You touch all of the clothes. You can you, you could clothe a, a small village, right, with the clothes that you have hanging in your closet, but there's nothing to wear. I believe it's because we're overwhelmed by all of that. We're overwhelmed by all of the choices. It's time for simplicity again in our lives. Too many movies, too many options, too many choices. Uh, that's why I don't go to Cheesecake Factory. You know, I, I mean... Have you ever gone to Cheesecake? It's a great place to eat. I know people love it, and, and anytime I've been there, I love it. But when I go to Cheesecake Factory, I can't figure out what, what I'm, I need to order. It, it, there are just too many options. I think it's like a 73-page menu. And I might be exaggerating a little bit, but there's so, so many. When I go to a Mexican restaurant, I know what I'm going to order. Right? You can get tacos or burritos. That's it. Right? And, and when, when, I, when I, I go to, to Chinese and know what I'm going to order, when I go to Wendy's, I know I'm going to have a Frosty, whatever else I have. It's, it's that simple. But Cheesecake Factory, so many options. When you cut back and you clear out, it, it brings freedom. 
to begin to live again. It, it's freedom to your soul, and suddenly it becomes easier to choose the things that really do matter. And, and not the things that you know are, are dragging you down the life out of you. So here, here's the exercise. I want you to try this this week. Try this throughout this year. It's, it's called get one, give one. Get one, give one. So you get a, a new shirt, give a shirt. Get a pair of pants, give a pair of pants. Get a pair of shoes, ladies. Give a couple pair of shoes, you know. Get new underwear, don't give underwear, all right? I mean, that's where I draw the line right there. Get one, give one. Go through your house today. Go through your house this week and, and give 100 things away. You say, go through your house if you're a family and give 500 things away. Just start to offload things. Just give things away. You know, some of you are even going to go through and be able to give 1,000 things away. Hashtag 1,000 thing giveaway, right? And we give all of these things away. And if you'll do that, hear what I'm saying to you. You'll discover something. Better is one handful with tranquility than two handfuls of stuff that just drag you down, chasing after the wind. Cut back, clear out, pay off. Cut back, clear out, pay off. This week is less is more. Next week, we're going we're gonna to talk about stress is bad. How, how many of you would agree that financial stress is no fun? Yeah? Yeah, it's no fun. I mean, I, I have never had a single person say to me, my debt brings me so much peace. You know, I am just so thankful for high interest credit cards. Every time I write my check, for that credit card. I, I'm just praising God. For that interest. But what I have heard people say. What I have heard is. It, man it stresses me out. What I have heard is. Is I worry all the time about finances. We're always fighting over money at our house. Never heard anyone say. My debt's my greatest joy. Borrower is a slave to the lender. That's what scripture says. See, that's why I'm going to spend a, a week next week, and I'm going to give you more scripture next week, even. And, and we're going to look at what's behind the motivation to honor God by paying stuff off. Can I tell you what's really fun? Being debt free. That's fun. Owing no one. That's fun. Making that last high interest credit card payment. Woo! That's fun. Paying off a student loan. Super good stuff. No house payment? Amazing. Better is one handful. There's peace. And chasing after the wind. Toiling to get all I can get. Let me say it this way. Better is a car that's paid off than a massive payment that stresses me out. Better is a smaller house than the next bigger house than the next bigger house and, and, and not having money enough to, 
make it to the end of the month. Better is, is having financial margins. You know what those are? They're, that's the space between where I'm living and, and what I have. So that I have margins. So that if somebody comes along in my life and, and they need something in their life, I can actually give to them. And it doesn't alter my lifestyle at all. Because there's margins to be able to share. Giving is good. So what are we going to do? We're going to cut back this year. We're going to clear out this year. We're, we're going to pay off this year because we believe that less is more. Because there's, there's freedom in there. Now that said, I'm not telling you you shouldn't own anything. Please don't misunderstand. I'm, I'm not telling you that. I'm certainly not saying that you shouldn't have anything nice. In fact, because you don't have a lot of junk that owns you, you might have a few things that are really nice that you actually own, that you enjoy every day you live. And, and I'm, I think God's all for that, frankly. I don't think that he wants you to, to drudge through life. I, I think he wants you to actually enjoy the life that he's given you with some stuff that you really, truly enjoy. I think that's okay. I'm just saying better a little nice stuff that you own than a bunch of junk that owns you. What I'm saying is that the richest people in the world are not those who have the most, but those who need the least. Less is more. That's why I wholeheartedly endorse our, our mission campaigns and these short-term mission trips to people who come to me and say, well, why do we go on these short-term mission trips? Don't you know we could do a lot of good with that money? And you're only going for a couple of weeks, 10 or days, or maybe even only a week, seven days overseas. I mean, what difference does it really make that we do that? Couldn't we do more with it? But I'm going to tell you something. If you'll jump on one of those teams, if you'll go to a developing country, then somewhere in the world... Every time I do that, I'm overwhelmed. When I first get there, I'm overwhelmed by the simplicity of the way people live in this world, unlike you and me. And they don't have walk around in closets. And I'm overwhelmed by the poverty. And by the, the shanties and the mud huts that people, families, they raise their kids in. Uh, dirt floors, no running water. Breaks my heart. Every time, everywhere I've been. And then watch this. What happens is, is then a few days into the trip, if you, if you stay 10 days, a few days in, three, four, five days in, you begin to look and you, you, you begin to, to have a, a little bit of recovery from the shock. And, and you see some kids playing outside, barefoot, with not much, instead of inside gaming. I can still remember Indonesia watching a couple little girls playing alongside of the sewer ditch because they were all open sewer ditches in, in Bandache where the sewer just ran into the ocean. And we were sitting in a car and, and we were watching these two little girls play, probably two and four, in a box, having just a great time playing. I, I, I remember, you know, getting in a worship service in in Kanta, Peru, and, and, and watching Jesus' followers who, from my perspective, 
have nothing, worship like they had everything. Almost this otherworldly contentment. No, no two hands full anywhere. And I start looking around, and you would too if you go. You, you start looking around, and, and you, you start looking at people who have nothing, yet they, they seem so very satisfied, and, and you become strangely jealous of that. And a wish for what they have, and that simplicity of life. And I make a commitment every single time I go anywhere, I make a commitment to come back and, and things are going to be different. We start a new year and we make a commitment that things are going to be different. And then we get sucked right back into materialism, don't we? We get sucked right back into this game and, and this pursuit of stuff. And the pursuit of stuff becomes the killer of my soul. Please don't forget this. You have one chance to get this right. Yours is a ridiculously short life. I mean, you're here. The Bible says for just an instant. You're, here, you're like a fog. You're like a mist. And you're here for just a moment. And then you're gone. And there's no indication that you were ever even present. You fade away and vanish. You blink and you miss it. You blink and your kids are grown. You blink and you're looking at retirement. You blink and you're wondering, where did it all go? It's ridiculously short. Please understand me. Your life is too valuable. Your calling is too great. Your God is too good to waste your life on the meaningless. Better one handful. And children that love you and actually know you. You know, I've always told you that I think the goal of parenting is to have a young man, young woman, one day you want to go have coffee with. Better is one hand full in intimacy and friendship. And brothers and sisters in Christ who actually know me and and I know them and we're walking in this life together. Better is one handful and vacation memories with family Better is one handful and a good marriage instead of a big house and hating one another. Better is one handful and the ability to make a difference in my world to actually be able to give. Better is one handful and passion to follow my Lord Jesus and the margin to actually be able to do that when he calls How do we do that? Less is more living. Day one, today, a brand new year. How are you going to live it?